0: Thank you for listening to KUCI. This week is Fun Drive Week. KUCI brings you wonderful music and public affairs shows 24-7. We give you the gift of listening, and now we ask you to give your pledge gift. It's tax deductible. When you call in your gift, you will also be eligible to receive a pledge gift from KUCI. Most of all, you will help to continue the great shows. So thank you for calling 824 5824 UCI KUCI make your tax deductible donation right now by calling 824-5824 thank you
1: the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI its management or the UC Board of Regents to find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide
2: And it's good like it should be makes you never want to give it up cuz you know that some people die for
1: love and i believe it's true cuz i do the same for you
2: good morning you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine California streaming online at kuci.org and podcasting on iTunes welcome to fighting for love this show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's is a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning?
0: Well, Lloyd, today our show is really about mastering the experience of life and finding out who we really are and once we know that we can love ourselves and love others so that's how it really blends into how we fight for love against anything that keeps us from getting the love that we want and i have two wonderful books that i've been reading one is called time in a bottle mastering the experience of life by howard falco and the other one is i am the power of discovering who you really are also by howard falco And let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest today who's coming to us from Arizona. Howard Falco is a spiritual teacher, author, and expert on the human understanding and human potential. He's also a mindfulness and peak performance coach to college and professional athletes, corporate executives, and individuals who are looking for a new way of overcoming life's challenges and achieving new results. And that's basically all of us. As I said, Howard has authored the two books about life and the power of personal creation. The first one was I Am the Power of Discovering Who You Really Are. That was back in 2010 with Tartar Penguin. And then the newest one... Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life, again with Tartar Penguin, back in last year, 2014. So we're just thrilled to have him with us. You can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com, where we've got his picture, his bio, JPEGs of his book. But you can also go to Howard Falco, that's Howard, and then falco.com. So we're just thrilled to have you join us this morning, Howard. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: So let's talk about your first book and how how it was that you wrote that book. Can you tell us a little mm. bit about I am?
1: Sure, uh, that's quite a story. Um, I was in the middle of ordinary life, actually, 15 years into the finance business, married with two kids, a dog. Uh, home, mortgage, uh, just sort of a, a regular life, and I had some very, very deep and big existential questions, some big questions about life that really were kind of nagging at me for, for years. Um, I just always had a deep curiosity and wanting to know more about life and existence, and at uh, in 2002, at age 35, they sort of reached a crescendo where I really couldn't go on a day longer unless I had these answers. It was a deep, deep place of yearning where I just really wanted to know. And not being deeply religious or spiritual or or scientific at the time, I just simply one day threw up my hands and said, I want to know the answers. I want to know the answers to my deepest uh, questions. And what happened over the next six to 12 months was nothing short of miraculous in that life started to show me those answers, and they came through my general walk of life. Comments from strangers, lines in a movie, um, license plates that I would be behind. Um, I just started to see the messages that life was starting to get to me much more clearer, and it caused a couple very big shifts in awareness. Um, The first one, I like to tell people, crack the egg, where all these questions I had had about life and trying to find a sense of peace, I realized in one moment that the ability to attain peace came from me on the inside, not anything I needed to attain on the outside. And that was a big shift. Um, That really relieved me of a tremendous amount of, of, for lack of a better word, suffering for not having this, this insight prior to this. And that cracked the egg. And once that happened, I realized that, life was also answering my questions that i had asked i had started to see the connection between our questions and how life brings us the answers and i asked some deeper more profound questions and then six months later i had a bigger experience that shattered the egg and it was that experience that really humbled me to the point where i felt so honored by the grandiose nature of the insight and the love uh, by the experience itself that I thought the only thing I could do for the rest of my life was to share it. So that's how I wrote I Am. I decided that I was going to start by sharing it and writing about it. And that was the beginning of the journey.
0: Yeah. So give, give my audience a little bit about what your shattering experience was and how that was so unique for you.
1: <sighs> yeah. Um, so in that first experience, when I realized that Everything that I perceived and in, in, in how I perceived it and how it made me feel was not based on what happened to me, um, but how I interpreted what happened to me. I later realized that everything is happening for me, but that's a, that's a little bit of a deeper well, uh, which we can go into later. But when I realized that, that things were happening uh, to me for a reason and that it was up to me to decide how I was going to interpret it, um, it was... It was as if I had gotten a hold of um, the magic uh, wand where I could decide how I responded, and I didn't have to feel bad about it. The big shattering experience came when I realized that this idea or this sense of perfection that I was searching for my entire life by, let's say, accumulating things or checking off all the things that I thought would make me happy or better, so to speak, in quotes. Um, I realized that my life had been a perfect expression of myself at each moment. In other words, I was doing the best that I could have at every single moment of my existence. And when I realized that, and I realized that this perfection I was searching for already was, not from an ego standpoint, as better than, but just that a sense of satisfaction and completion, which turned into a sense of love for my own self, it allowed me to love the entire world and to see the perfection within the entire world. So... That was the shattering experience, and it changed everything for me, um, in the way that my energy, uh, went out to the world or, or that I experienced energy from the world. Um, so, so that's, we jumped into a really big question there right off the bat, but mm-hmm. that, that, that was really the experience, um, at, at the core of it. And then I am explains all of how we, we get to that point.
0: And how did that affect your family? because you've been living this life right and you've been living this life that where we're kind of unconscious so to speak we we do what we need to do to make money we have some questions but we keep just doing what we do we take care of our families and all that stuff so what happened with this awakening
1: yeah that's a really good question Uh, obviously my wife was concerned at first because the man she had known for 20 years had changed overnight um but once she saw that the change came from a more, even more loving perspective than she ever knew, and how it positively affected me and positively affected people around me, and then positively affected her and her life, she quickly saw the nature of what was happening, and um, she's been a huge support on this journey of teaching and speaking and writing. Um, so at first, it was. A little destabilizing because anytime anything changes in our reality, we get a little concerned because we the mind likes to find patterns and uh, a comfort zone with things. But, um, but as soon as she realized the nature of what this was, um, it was a very good thing she realized, and, and it all was fine. And the same thing with friends. I had a few friends that couldn't handle the, the amount of change, but obviously they weren't very good friends. But most everybody, it was a very, very positive experience for everybody involved.
0: Well, how about your career? I mean, you, you did this big shift in your career. So how did, how did that work in terms of being able to manage and and also just taking that leap?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was near impossible to continue. Um, to, to work in the business that I was in only because this was so overwhelming inside me and and the yearning and the desire that I had to, um, to share this information and to help people looking for uh, answers or a different way or a different perspective or awareness on life uh, was just the overriding energy within me. And eventually I made the leap where I, I walked away and left the financial business to do this full time and to teach and to speak and to write and to coach. Um, and that's still evolving into more and more, but it was a big leap of faith, and um, it was just from a point, uh, Mari, where I, I couldn't, uh, I just couldn't do anything but this. It was such a driving force within me. It was so powerful. And there was so much goodness that was coming out of it.
0: So, so with this, this inner journey that you know, had to be reflected in your outer journey. But I'm saying, you know, a lot of people feel like that. And there's this fear of like, okay, I've got this career and I'm making money, right? I'm, I have a good living. I'm supporting two kids, like you said, and a wife. I mean, how, how did you do that shift? Did you do it slowly? I mean, how was that something that was viable for you to pay your bills and your mortgage and your, you know what I mean? How did you do that?
1: I'm sorry, you broke up for just a second there. Um, the, the shift, uh, how I did the shift was, well, I, 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 you make adjustments and you do what you have to do to make it work. But when you're working from a passion and a faith and a belief in what you're doing, you don't have to go at light speed and, and change everything overnight like I did. Um, you can do it at a measured pace or, or a pace that's comfortable to you. Um, for me, it just... It was it was just that quick, it was that sudden, it was that immediate and overwhelming. And it didn't happen at first. I mean, it took a little while for me to finally look at my wife and say, I can't do this anymore, I've got to go right, and I've got to speak, and I've got to teach, and I have to push myself into that space until it happens. Um, so everybody's different on where they're at on the spectrum of how fast they want to go with it. Um, I would just say go with where your heart is and know that when you're doing something that you love and there's a passion behind it, there's... The universe is working with you and your passion and your heart. It knows what your intention is. And it's going to deliver you the awareness to help you put the conditions together to get there. But you will be tested. That's one thing I've learned about the universe. It's this beautiful, elegant vetting process where it tests you through challenges to see how strong your intention is for what you say that you want to do and who you say that you want to be. The analogy I often give when I teach and speak is about the mountain climber. If you're going to go climb some small mountain near your home or some small hill near your home, no problem. You can, you can knock it out in a couple hours and have a great workout and come home. Um, you know, if you want to uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Everest, that takes a lot more preparation, a lot more uh, work, a lot more energy, a lot more faith, a lot more time. And a lot more tests along the way to the top. You're going to fight storms and cold and fatigue and elevation. So it just depends on what your intention is and you're trying to accomplish. You just have to be aware and cognizant of, there can't be any delusions about what you're trying to accomplish. You have to be ready for the journey.
0: Right. And you
1: have to be, so that's what I've learned about life.
0: Yeah. And I think when you don't do what your heart is telling you, um, something in your body is going to react. Right. I mean, your 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 inner your your incongruence with who you are, I think it comes out. I know that comes out for me. If I'm not doing what I need to be doing, I feel that imbalance in my life. And I have yeah. to switch and shift. And, and you know, the thing about it is I've gone through this so many times and I'm going through it again right now. So your book is like perfect timing for me. But I mean, I, I went from teaching and then I had to shift into the law and then I couldn't do the litigation. I had to become a mediator and then, you know, an author and all these things. And now I'm feeling that shift again. And I'm going Gee, universe, what do you want from me? <laughs> you know what I mean. God, it's like just that—that yeah. that inner calling. So, so uh, how? How is it that others can tap into that information? And for me, you know, I'd like the universe to just, you know, put it in an email, tell me exactly <coughs> what you want, or give me a phone call, or a text me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying yep. so hard. I I meditate. I pray. I say, divine guidance. What? Do you want be clear? It sounds like you got more clarity, eat more easily, and I don't know why that is. So, can you talk to that?
1: Sure. I think that the key for me was I finally got content, loving, and accepting with who I am in this moment. And that peace and that sense where I could breathe allowed me the clarity to see the path of where I want it to go and to just put one foot in front of the other every single day. When there's disharmony, when you're not happy with where you're at or you don't think you've done enough, it, it puts you, as I say in the, in the second book, you're stuck in time right. because you can't create from a place of disharmony. You have to create. that Your most powerful way of creating for yourself is through a place of peace. That's when you're most present and that's when you're most powerful. And that's when you're more, most in touch with what the next thing for you to do is. And it's not from a place of incompleteness, like I'm not complete if I don't do this. It's just the opposite, Mari. It's from a place of total completion. Because you are perfect exactly where you are. There hasn't been a moment or a day in your life where you haven't been. Your birth is the self-evidence of your perfection, and your purpose and the fact that you've mattered. So when you get more in touch with that truth, when you realize that that's what the universe has been trying to tell you for so many years, and you can fully wrap your arms around yourself in the most unconditional love you've ever experienced, things will get easier and start to flow more as it relates to your true creative desires.
0: So we are exactly where we're meant to be at any point in time, is what you're saying, right? That's
1: correct. There is no other place but where you are and there's a perfection to that Um, and if you're present you can really feel that and how everything has led you to this moment right? and that's when it gets really powerful because you start to see how life has been in this dance with you the whole time but you're just waking up to more of that that realization and more of that truth and you start to get almost for me I got there was nothing but laughter at the point where I fully realized that it was just like I can't believe this oh my gosh like That's how loving this universe really is. Uh, Despite what we have experienced, despite what we see on the news sometimes, there really is a beauty and an elegance to how life is unfolding.
0: Right. Let's talk a little bit about your first book, I Am, and get to really what the main teaching of that is. I think we've been Uh kind of talking about it, is discovering who you really are. And, right. and and it's not it's not your ego it's not your fears it's well I'm going to let you talk but <laughs> but go ahead so,
1: so it's about discovering the truth about who you are so it part of it again I'm going to throw this out really quick but this, there's much more to this so I don't mean to be so trite in it but it's really discovering your perfection okay and the fact that you're perfect and then realizing how that perfection unfolds life is working with you and your truth your truth comes from your I am statements. The deep ones in the deepest part of your subconscious. So if you believe you're bad or you're no good or you're guilty or you're shameful, life is going to work with you to find a way to bring you those experiences so you can validate that truth and therefore you can know that you exist. Mind must become matter.
0: Right, right.
1: Beliefs must become reality and I must become am and so if you believe yourself to be good and loving and kind and joyful and lovable then you find the right people and the right places to tune to to give you the experiences that validate that truth so that's why the book is titled what it is and that's really what the core is so the first part it's on the the discovery of who and what you are and why you've been who you've been and then the last part is the power of who you can be with this knowledge
0: Right. And, you know, it's so hard sometimes to peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak, that that is who you really are. You know, all the the people that have fears and guilt and blame and all those other emotions, which you talk about in the book, you know, the emotions that we have. Uh So so how do we peel back those layers to find out? who we really are of the essence of our soul and who we are from maybe many incarnations.
1: Right. Well, a lot of people don't want to look at at who they've been because they they associate that with a lot of guilt, shame, and regret. And I talk about those three concepts in the book as really the poisons of life. There is no such thing as guilt, shame, and regret. That's a tool used by society to manipulate people out of fear. You have to take responsibility, and there is a certain karma, if you will, to past actions that will follow you until they finally dissipate. But the most freedom comes from the realization of your perfection in this moment. That's when you'll allow yourself to look back at things and say, okay, I know why I did that then, but that's not who I am anymore. But I want to learn from it, so I'm going to make a new choice now. And then you're free because of the new love that you feel to make the new choice because it aligns more now with the new truth. But if you let limit love, you're going to make a choice out of that limit and experience a limited sense of that love. So it helps to, to realize the nature of each one of us and how our life has unfolded. We've done the best we can based on our teachings, what people told us, what our religious leaders or, or teachers or parents doing the best they could to teach us have done. And we, sh- you know, we have to look at now as being grateful for the opportunity to reflect, empower ourselves, and change, knowing that we have the pen to write our story from this moment forward.
0: Right. So, what is if for those people who are listening right now? What is the first step that that we can take to be more in control of? of the emotions and those parts of our lives that keep us from realizing our true essence
1: so the answer to that is you're already doing it just by listening to this show or putting this show together or being a part of this your questions have led you to this very moment for anybody that's listening right now that's that's real time quantum physics happening right now I mean I always like to go real time with this because it's so fun um, but you're already doing it. You've asked questions, and here awareness is floating into your space, giving you the opportunity to embrace it or not. And so as you um, seep yourself in more of this material and you become more conscious of your thoughts and how the tape has been playing so you can start to change the tape, suddenly or slowly or subtly, your outer reality and the way people respond to you and act to you will start to change in a more positive way. So it's happening right now. This is this is the process.
0: So you know, I you you coach on mindfulness, and I I get such a kick out of it. that's one of the reasons I wanted you on my show as well. Is because my mantra for this year has been mindfulness. I've been mm, teaching mindfulness cool. to attorneys. I've te- I've taught mindfulness at my In Spirit Spiritual Center. I've been teaching mindfulness because, of course, we teach best what we need to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So that has been uh, really trying to be mindful of being the observer of my thoughts and my beliefs and my thinking and being conscious of those. So talk a little bit about that, because I know you teach this as well, right?
1: Right. Um, Mindfulness... I believe is the key to where we're at right now um, in society in time because those businesses that want to thrive – those athletes that want to thrive, those individuals who want to thrive in their life with their family or their relationships, mindfulness is the key. And it's just about being present enough to hear and see exactly what the people around you are really looking for so that you can integrate with them in the most harmonious way to lead to what everybody wants in a faster experience of time. So mindfulness actually collapses time for you as it relates to what you're trying to achieve, whereas ignorance or a lack of mindfulness actually stretches time, and it takes longer because this is how the universe is working. It's, it's constantly trying to get you awareness that you have asked for based on what you said you wanted to create or who you've said that you are. And the universe says, okay, here's a circumstance to give you the opportunity to share that that's who you say you are. Now prove it. And if you don't, there's going to be some sort of suffering for it. Now when I say suffering, that could be uh, a little spat with your uh, significant other or it could be something more severe, but that's what the universe uses to get us information so we can become more mindful. Right. And so things go smoother and faster. And uh, when I say faster, I don't mean like they speed up. I just mean that what you want to be experiencing happens in a shorter experience of time. So you're not longing for it.
0: Right. That's what I try and do in mediation as well. It's not always easy because people aren't always in the present. They want to go to the past right and, and you know and I tell them well what's happening right now what can we do right now we can't change oh, that's the past powerful. you wow. know so very um,
1: powerful Mari. yeah, yeah.
0: so that's well, great. let's talk a little bit about um how does one well, I want to I want to go a little bit back. You know, we hear about the ego, and some people say the ego is edging God out. You know, they're taking the 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 acronym. So, um,
1: talk about Depending on what that means, right? Yeah, right. God, right. What
0: yeah. what God means to anybody yeah. right. as well, exactly. right? A so,
1: different ideas,
0: right? So, talk about the ego a little bit.
1: Sure. I use the acronym Ego for Energy Goes Out, and it explains how the, uh, our ego is trying to validate what we believe to be true. So it's using all its energy to help validate through our experience what we believe to be true about ourselves. If we believe we're loved in our relationship and we don't feel loved and there's a conflict there, the ego is going to really try and get the attention we need from our significant other until we're satisfied that we feel loved. Same thing with business. If we feel we are a certain type of producer in our business and we're not experiencing that, our ego is going to start to kick into gear to try and, you know, make everything go in the way that it should go in order for us to feel validated by how we're producing at work. So, or if someone has a bad comment against us and we are insecure about it and we're not sure about it, our ego is going to try and defend what we want to be true by lashing back at the other individual or trying to mitigate what they're saying in some way. So it is the frontier between what we believe to be true and what we're experiencing. And when those two things are in harmony, the ego is basically sleeping because there's nothing for it to do. So it kicks up when it needs to reconcile um, our truth with what we're experiencing.
0: Well, that is a perfect way to end, believe it or not. We are out of time. This is just wonderful. I just want to mention your two books, I Am the Power of Discovering Who You Really Are by Howard Falco. The other one is Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life, Howard Falco. Why don't you give your website, and it's time to go.
1: Sure. It's howardfalco.com. It's howardfalco.com, and all the information is there that you want.
0: Oh, wow. Terrific. Time well I didn't it. it's wonderful you did a great job and I hope we'll come back again thanks so much Bye thank you very much right, yeah. like some people die for
1: love I it's true I do the same for you. the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management or the UC Board of Regents
2: like some people die for love and I believe it's
1: true, cause I do
0: the same for you. Hi, I'm Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy and Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thank you for listening to KUCI. This week is Fun Drive Week. KUCI brings you wonderful music and public affairs shows 24-7. We give you the gift of listening and now we ask you to give your pledge gift. It's tax deductible. When you call in your gift, you will also be eligible to receive a pledge gift from KUCI. Most of all, you will help to continue the great shows. So thank you for calling 824-5824-UCI-KUCI. Make your tax-deductible donation right now by calling 824-5824. Thank you.